If you go to a church and you sit there and you do not hear your pastor bring up human trafficking, bring up child molestation, bring up uh, uh, abortion, murdering babies, if you do not at least hear him bring that up in prayer, you need to go up to the pastor and you need to ask him about it. As a matter of fact, I'm being convicted because I've gone to a church and that has not happened. Thank you very much. You see, Annie, I'm preaching to myself. Annie LaBear, she's my guest. She's um amazing warrior for, for Christ. Uh, and I I'm, hope I get this right. Uh, she's been on the show before. I should get it right. But uh, she uh, was into prostitution for many, many years. But now she's a warrior for God. Not only has she gotten out of it, but she's reaching out to help other victims in it. Annie, you with me? I'm here. Uh, it's good to have you. Annie, what is the difference? Uh, let's go. Let me start with you first. How many years were you into prostitution? Well, honestly, David, here's the deal. I entered the sex industry into prostitution on my own without a trafficker, but I was only in it about a year. And then the successive years after that, which is 16 off and on, 10 years total on a solid run, I was trafficked, sex trafficked. So no longer was it my own will, my own choice, Prostitution, that's what it is. It's the will and the desire to sell yourself to make money, right? Mm -hmm. Now, when someone is being forced, they're being tricked, they're being coerced, they're being threatened with their life, it is no longer a free will situation. Now you are a trafficking victim. Okay, so let's, let's, let's define that because that was going to be my second question. The difference between prostitution and human trafficking is prostitution is usually your own free will to prostitute. Human trafficking yes. is when you're, 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 it's against your will. And you can't get out. You can't, and you can't get out. There's so many different factors that happen. You get your ID oh. taken. You get isolated from your family. You get beat. You get threatened with your life, your children, if you have children, or your animals that you love, or you get threatened with, wow, a black hat ops, which is called blackmail, of the pictures that they've taken of you towards yeah. your family, whatever, to ruin and to cancel culture you from yeah. all social media and not including just social media social life in general so naturally a person that lives in fear that doesn't have enough guts to leave is going to cower and stay with the abusive traffickers because yeah. now they have no choice so, it's so just like the mafia well so how did you um because i have a lot of questions for you so real quick how did you go from prostitution to human trafficking what was that what was that arc that took you there? How'd that happen? So first of all, and we'll just break this down fairly quickly because I could, you know, I could talk about this for right. days and hours, yeah. Yeah. but a person, a female or a male, a child, a teenager, I was a teenager when I got into it. And How the old? reason why I was 18. 18 now okay. the scientists say that when you are growing up, the brain scientists know I've learned this over the years because my husband has two brain tumors that your brain doesn't fully form till about it's average between the ages of 22 to 25. So your wisdom and your experience is very nil at that point in your life. And you also all your reactions to anything emotionally, especially for a growing woman is not adult yet. 
Okay. So I, I honestly, though, I was raped, date raped, and okay. exploited when I was eight, nine years old, and okay. date raped when I was uh, 15, 16. So okay. I had a, a vulnerability set up. And yeah. then my father was, a, was an abusive alcoholic. He abused my mom in front of his kids. He drew blood from her, I mean, and pulled guns, you know, his shotguns on her. And I didn't find this out until just a couple of years ago. My mom told me my dad brought up the shotgun and said, if you leave us, I'm going to kill all of us and you and me. And wow. so my mom was in a very abusive relationship. So I lived that way. And see, that's kind of the geome for a lot of the victims that actually choose the sex industry to, you know, maybe they start on web webcam first. They start working maybe for the strip club. Maybe they start working for the massage parlor or they'll start working for the strip club just as a cocktail waitress. And then all of a sudden, someone in that business sees them. They see the naivety, the vulnerability, the innocence, right? Yeah. And they, they target, that's a hunger in their, in their, in their soul that they, they know that that person can make a lot of money because the customers, the high demand of the customers is very young girls. Now, I did not look 18 when I, when I first started working. I looked probably about 14. I have a very young face. Yeah. I'm 53 right now. Wow, God I don't bless look you. It. Yeah, no, you don't. <laughs> but you don't. when I was 18, I, was, I looked like a little girl. And so, that sells. Okay, so, so you were a prostitute. And okay, let me back up. because I, I, Andy, I got so many questions for you. I don't want to rush you, but I got so many questions because you're a wealth of information. Real quick, how, what was your first experience as a prostitute? How, what was that thing that made you get into it? Can you, so do you know? I got into it. We were, my girlfriend and I were at a club one night and yeah. these guys bought us drinks. We, were both, we both had fake IDs. They were undercover traffickers. We did not know it. My okay. girlfriend flew to Hawaii after one of the guys, she gave her her number and they okay. got friendly with each other. And then I flew to Hawaii probably about a month later and I okay. learned how to sell myself. Uh, so I, it's called turning a trick uh, in Hawaii uh, oh. with some Japanese men came back to the States, quit all three of my jobs. And I got into escorting in Minnesota and I started dancing at the strip clubs because I almost got killed on an out call with a machete oh. and a gun. I got wow. scared. And at the strip club, David, I was on the stage dancing. You know, I was thinking, I'm just going to pick all of my customers, and we call them buyers now, Trick okay. John's buyers marks. And I'm going to pick my buyer so I know he's going to be safe. And this man walked up to the stage with a bunch of money, and he was super handsome. And he bought me a drink, and I gave him my number. I, I, I thought I could get money from him, but we became in a very heated sexual relationship. And then he became my boyfriend. Okay. And then all of a sudden, I, my girlfriend's calling me from Las Vegas. Hey, come to Vegas. Uh, he was in trouble with the police, David. I let him move in with me. Bad. It was a toxic relationship. At this point, he was not my trafficker yet. When we got to Las Vegas, I believe it was 1987-88. And by the way, the mob was still running Vegas back then. <laughs> Yeah, now that that's that's another show. So so it, your your what I'm hearing is your boyfriend uh, actually turned into your trafficker. Does this Annie? Is this is this the way it usually goes that the boyfriend becomes it's, a trafficker? It's pretty common. It's more I would say fifty to two, uh, fifty percent to seventy five percent have their boyfriend as their trafficker or their girlfriend because some girls are LGBTQ. So right women will traffic them, you know, vulnerable yeah. women. And so oh. 
that's I, he was my boyfriend, David. And the first night that I worked, he beat me to a pulp and told yeah. me, I'm your pimp, B. You, get, okay. you break yourself well, and give me every dollar. Any, let me ask you this. Uh, human trafficking, first of all, I think that we don't really understand what it is, okay? I do a little bit more because I research search it and investigate it, but I think the normal person out there, um, in any given town, let's say, you know, a million people plus, even a half a million plus, um, would you find that there's people being trafficked sexually uh, that would live down the street, live next door? Are they in high schools? I mean, places that yes. we... Yes. Anywhere. I mean, I could go to Walmart and point out traffickers, relationship between a trafficker and his traf trafficky, I should say, a victim. I could go to a workout place and see a pimp with his girl. I could go to it. Well, nightclubs are really obvious. Okay. Yeah. I could go to a casino right now and I could show you someone working that has a trafficker. So yeah. it is right down the street. It's sometimes your next door neighbor. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it is, it is such, such a, and especially Las Vegas, by the way, Las Vegas yeah. has the highest per capita yeah. of trafficking in the United States. In the United States, there was a study done by the Creighton University. I can walk through an airport because I've done so much research on it, uh, Annie, and I, I can't guarantee it, but I, I can s look at, I'll look at a girl and I'll look, I'll look at the guy and I can tell you that there's two things going on. Either she's being trafficked or she's in a very abusive relationship. Maybe both. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, so so here's, here's another question I have that I think that we would like to ask you. And I know you'll answer uh, honestly, okay? A lot of the listeners out there have, have children, they have daughters, they have granddaughters or grandchildren. Um, what did, what's the chances of them coming into contact with someone that, that, will human tra that will traffic them sexually, number one? Number two is what can they look out for in their children to see if they're either into prostitution underground or human, or if they're being trafficked. So I want to, I want to just say this and I don't want anyone to get shocked or go, Oh my gosh, she's wrong. No. Let me tell you, David, before they die, 100%, they will meet a trafficker. 100%. Where they will come across a trafficker. Wow. And if you, okay. So here was, I was going to share with you guys today. How do we stop this? Number one, hmm. your, your grandchild, your niece, your nephew, whoever it is, you need to have a relationship with them where wow. you can talk to them about real things. You can tell them the truth, right? Yeah. Have that good relationship. If you don't have that relationship, when you bring them the truth, they will not listen to you. Okay, number one. So everyone listening, write that down. Fix your relationships between your kids, your grandkids, your nieces, your nephews, your people that are in your life that you want to help if you feel like they're being threatened. And number two is this, you need to educate them. Once you fix that relationship and establish that good relationship with them, you need to educate them. There's something called the trafficking power and control wheel. Okay, if you Google it, it'll show you pictures of it. It's excellent. I actually have a picture right here and when you see this, you're going to recognize it. It looks like this. Can you guys wow. see this? Yeah. Wow. This wheel is such an excellent 
educational tool. Okay, it's a sex trafficking power and control wheel by Polaris Project. And this actually was based on the DB model power and control wheel from Duluth, Minnesota. And they changed it for trafficking and labor trafficking. And so if you can teach your small child what trafficking is, what exploitation is, the chances of them getting involved with a trafficker will decrease huge. I mean, I, I, we don't know the percentage that will happen, but education is key. Yeah, absolutely. You really need to teach them. I don't care. Okay, now, oh, five is five's too young. No, if you have a child that's five, and they're on their iPad and they're getting messaged pictures or, you know, yeah. maybe they know how to spell one or two things. You, you know what? That person can establish a relationship with that child just like that behind wow. their backs. And this isn't just girls, uh, Annie. This is no. boys. Okay. So I mean, let's there, there is a, a huge demand for little boys. Yeah. It's disgusting, so, right? Yeah, I, Not I know. that it, girls it, this, isn't disgusting, but oh, I know. It, come it, on. It, this makes me want to throw this cup against the wall when I talk about this. But I, real quick, I would need to ask you, then we have to take a break. We're going to come back with you. Um, when it comes to little boys or boys, men, is it, are the buyers men or are the buyers women? The majority, I, I hate to say this, the majority of them are men. <sighs> and, and David, men in very prestigious positions and elite positions sometimes. Yeah. Many times, actually. Yeah. In yeah. in different. I mean, you just be shocked at the oh. things that oh. I actually I, know. Yeah, if I, I we know. If you on do. this call, we would both get in trouble. I know. I know. <laughs> so, we're, but we just want to say that it's out there. That listen, we have such an insidious practice going on. By the way, it's been it's been going on since the dawn of man and woman, right? Yeah. yeah. But right now is a great time for our entire world to wake up because. Yeah of these smartphones. Mm -hmm. We can reach everybody with this message. We, we can if they don't censor us. Andy, we gotta take a break. When we come back, I'm gonna be talking to Annie LeBaire, uh, ex-prostitute, now warrior for, for Jesus. We're gonna talk about prostitution. Where is the church when it comes to prostitution and human trafficking, or is human trafficking and prostitution in the church? Mm -hmm. The time has come for God's people to take a stand. Legalize Jesus. Text 71777, the word chosen, to 71777, or go to davidhevener.tv forward slash chosen. Join the movement. 